took the draft order. So, this is how we're gonna do it. I spent a lot of time, put a lot of effort into it, got very excited. So, that'll go over there. This Everyone is on the count of three, put your hand in, pull out a piece of paper. Here we go, one, two, three. Oh, wow. There it this is. This is really exciting. Number oh, four. Number six. Number one. Number one. <laughs> Tim Brady, mother Congratulations. But that is not where you're going to be drafting. See the kids over there? The kid with your number is your kid. Where they finish in the race is where you draft. Huh, bitches? You, you didn't even pick your own child. That's good because she's not that fast. Dynasty, Debbie, Redraft, DFS, and Betty. Gridiron Fantasy Show has got you covered. Featuring my guys, Paul Edgington and... Derek Cook. Take it away, boys. Welcome in to this week's episode of the Gridiron Fantasy Show, Devi Edition. I'm your host, Paul Edgington, joined by my co-host, Derek Cook. Derek, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing quite all right, personally. Uh, we just had some some good old Flyers pizza for dinner. I personally didn't have a sub, but uh, stuffed tummy, pretty good weekend work, and uh, not much to complain about. How about yourself? I know you're... Sounding like you're a little under the weather, but how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just peachy. Sound like I'm under the weather, but I feel perfectly fine. Just had a raspy voice for whatever reason. Had it for a couple of days. Just it's the way I sound right now, unfortunately, so I do apologize. But got myself a nice uh, medicine bowl that my wife turned me on to. It's got uh, some hot tea, a little bit of lemonade, and some honey. Sounds like the old hot toddy that I, I grew up on, except mine has a splash of bourbon. Yeah, no bourbon tonight, unfortunately. But it's helping. Soothe the windpipes. Feel, sound a little bit better with it. So I'll just keep sipping on that for the rest of the night. Hopefully it gets better. But glad the weekend's here once again. Got some good games on the slate for March Madness. More NFL news seems like it's churning out daily. I love it. Yeah, this, this time of year is it's fun just to see what happens. Yeah, but this is the Debbie edition for this week's episode. So I'm not going to touch on the NFL too much. As far as Debbie, not really a lot of uh, newsworthy items out there. More so, just some practice notes from spring practice of the few teams that have open practice. I'd say the most notable this week was Colorado. Our boy, Travis Hunter, is playing more wide receiver than defensive back than has been working at being receiver more than DB so far. I love hearing that. I love hearing him being on offense more and possibly changing to predominantly an offensive player. I, I personally, I, I like this as well. Um, we saw him at Jackson State before being being both and he had a, a good bit of success there at wide receiver you know towards the tail end of the season um, just an athlete of an athlete of his caliber and the shit that he's able to do I think it, he's better suited to the wide receiver position than at the DB so I, I really like seeing that he's 
getting more work at wide receiver than defensive back. Oh, absolutely love to see it. Maybe who knows? He could be a two way player in the league. We've seen a handful. Of, we've seen a handful of them before in the past. Uh, not necessarily in the league, but in college, there's been a few. So, I, one that rings home to me is like uh, Chris Gamble, Ohio State, played wide receiver and uh, cornerback. Loved him. It's also a uh, kick and punt returner. I could see Travis Hunter doing the same thing. I know your boy Jabril Peppers kind of did uh, something similar more recently. Was that? What what they call it, the nickelback or the bullet position. Yeah, whatever Michigan called it, I forget. The hybrid hybrid safety linebacker, and then he played a lot of H-back and some wide receivers. So um, I think Travis Hunter is special enough that just maybe not even necessarily have the ball in his hands, but you got to respect him when he's on the field. Yeah, if you're not respecting the guy, once you see him on the field, especially after what he did last year, you're not scheming, right? Exactly. And then uh, also out of Colorado, Shadur Sanders looks great, as expected. And then the uh, freshman running back, Dylan Edwards, saw a decent amount of carries. Again, expect that in spring ball if I'm a early enrollee, especially at Colorado in the situation they're in, everybody's going to get a damn chance, it seems. Anybody who's worth the damn is going to get a chance. Exactly. I like what Dion's doing. So oh, I, love, I love how he's going about this. Absolutely. No, nobody's earned a spot there. They went one and whatever last year. Everybody's got to earn it once again. Absolutely. And then we'll jump down to TCU. Alabama transfer wide receiver JoJo Earl has looked pretty good. He's um, started out in the slot, but it seems like they moved them all around the formation. So playing all different positions of wide receiver. So that's great to hear. I was really high on him coming in Alabama as a freshman. So it's great to hear he's doing well so far. I think most of us were high on Joe Jarrell and kind of been disappointed with what he's put on the field. Um, but seeing him move around and hopefully be comfortable at every position, wide receiver-wise, just learning all, being able to have all the tools in the toolbox, I think is a uh, great thing for him. Yeah, they have a pretty good receiving core. they got JoJo, a really good sophomore coming back, and then a pretty highly talented freshman. And then as far as quarterback, Chandler uh, Morris looks to be the QB1 again. I'm sure not many people remember, but he was the QB1 last year until he got hurt. So Max Duggan didn't even beat him out. He got the job by injury and played well. Right. So at least for TCU, that's good that Chandler Morris back and looking good like he did last year pre-injury. I'm excited to see what he does this year, considering, like you just said, Duggan beat him out well when he – he got to replace him when he was hurt, so he beat him out eventually, but we would assume that this kid is better than what Duggan was. Right. And then we'll go down to Tennessee, or go over to Tennessee, I guess. Uh, freshman Cameron Seldon, who was listed as a wide receiver coming in, has been playing with the running backs predominantly, so it looks like a position change is coming there. Uh, head coach Josh Heupel said that Joe Milton has elite traits, Take that for what you will. We'll talk more about Joe Milton in Tennessee a little bit later in our next segment. And then Alabama. Nobody was allowed in on day one. Closed it off. But from the little bit of news that trickled out, Jalen Milrose supposedly was the QB1 and running with the first team. 
And then we'll slide down to Texas A&M. Connor Wegman was a QB1, as expected, over Max Johnson. Donovan Green was a tight end one over Jake Johnson. Maybe a little surprising to some people. We've talked about Donovan Green before, so. Yeah, him and Jake Johnson could be a really good pairing down there. Absolutely. And then highly touted, I believe he was the number one overall running back in the recruiting class, Ruben Owens. Is playing carries with freshman from last year, also highly recruited. Le'Veon Moss is the running back, too. They're running with the second team so far. And then this is the one I'm probably most excited about down in Miami. Tyler Van Dyke has looked dialed in, very impressive, like he did last year when he was getting a lot of draft buzz. So that is very exciting for me, at least, to see TBD locked in and looking great once again. And on the downside of that, somebody I was very high on coming in, Jaleel Skinner, he's about 6'5", 6'6", 210. More so the Kyle Pitts mold. He is running with the two still, unfortunately. Damn dog toys. So who's going to be, is the tight end one Cam McCormick? It's either McCormick or Elijah Arroyo. Okay. I'd probably lean Arroyo. Be tight end one. I would think so too, considering Cam McCormick's entering, what, the eighth year of football? Collegiate football? Yeah, eight, nine, ten, some up there. Still working hard at it. I feel bad for the kid. I feel like it's Juice Williams all over again. Oh, man. He was exciting, though, wasn't he? He was fun to watch. Especially when he took down the Buckeyes in Illinois. I hated to watch him play, especially that game, because he tore us to shreds. I remember playing him with the NCAA football games, and whoa. Wasn't he? He was fun, man. Him and Rashad Mendenhall. Oh, yeah. Can't Mendenhall. remember the linebacker. He was a white fellow with long hair. Was that when they had Vontae Davis, too, at cornerback? Yeah. Yeah. They just put it all together. It was, that was a good team. It was a really good team. I can't remember the linebacker's name either, but I remember Vontae Davis. Yeah. I hated him. With good reason. But we'll jump back into it with one of the most talked about teams so far. Texas Longhorns. Malik Murphy is back healthy. And re- he reclaims his spot as QB2, <coughs> knocking down the Golden Boy, Arch Manning, the QB3. Uh, coaches were saying that Malik Murphy had that zip on the ball. You could just hear a whistle right past your ear when he's throwing it. So, supposedly he looked pretty damn good. He was spinning it pretty well then. Yeah, I know that we're both uh, pretty big fans of Malik Murphy. I'm also, I don't know about you, but I'm also a pretty big fan of Arch Manning. I don't think there's any competition QB battle this year, but next year should be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Malik Murphy does if he sticks around after this year and Goes head to head with Arch, or I think it'll he be, transfers out to start somewhere. I think it'll be very similar to like what Ohio State's doing this year, but we'll we can get to that later. And then Jadon Blue continues to run as the RB one and still looks very good. And then um, just a little note: Sark has always had a one thousand yard rusher everywhere he's been. So something I guess to keep in the back of your mind: whoever the RB one will be, <coughs> will likely get that workhorse type of load. I think he will, but kind of like what we've been saying here the last several weeks, I think Jadon Blue is going to eventually lose his job to Cedric Baxter Jr. So he might not get a 1,000-yard rusher, but there will be at least a 1,000 yards between the two, I'm sure. I'd imagine so. Yes, so. So just something to keep in the back of your mind, whoever the RB1 in Texas is under Sark, 
especially if you're in a campus to can leagues or college fantasy football, someone you want to have. Right. And then up to, excuse me, Penn State and Happy Valley. Our guy Drew Aller looked impressive, as expected, looking to be the QB1. I don't think he's got any competition there, does he? Uh, I believe an older senior and then a freshman, but nothing too threatening to him, I'd say. Yeah. And then Wisconsin, they've not opened practice yet, but word is for the coaches, they really like Nick Evers, and they also have uh, Tanner Mordecai, who transferred in from SMU, a sixth or seventh year player, who will more than likely be the starter. They're saying that they want to get Nick Evers a role in the offense, even if he's not starting. Get him on the field one way or another and get him involved. Got two QB type system or specific plays. I, I like that because I think Nick Evers is is dangerous. So and you know, him coming in as a sophomore, he is the future at quarterback for them. Right. And then our last school, Oregon State, uh, freshman Aiden Childs finally struggled and didn't look too terribly good running with the threes. It's about to happen. And then apparently DJU will be QB1 to open the season regardless of how poor or well he plays in practice or how well, I can't remember the other quarterback's name, Brock something, I believe. No matter how well he plays. Was it Brock Vandergraaf? No, that's Georgia. But no matter how well these other quarterbacks play, DJU is going to be the starter. So that's where he stands. So good for him to lock it up a starting job one way or another. I think that's the, the easy way to go. I mean, he's it sucks because he's been so up and down. But I think he gives him the best chance to, to win for sure. Yeah, him and sophomore running back Damian Martinez could be a pretty scary backfield. Two large men. Is it Ben Goberson? Nope, I don't think so. No. Could be, but... I can't remember at the moment. Okay. Well, that'll do it for the practice reports. And then we're just going to touch on the current QB battles going around that involve Debbie players or possible Debbie assets for your teams in the future. We'll kick it off down in Alabama, of course. Jalen Milrow versus Ty Simpson. I'm a Jalen Milrow guy. He's not your prototypical quarterback, of course. He's more the Jalen Hurts type. But you've seen that type of quarterback do well in Nick Saban's offense as well. More athletic, shit, probably the most athletic person on that team, to be honest with you. So I'm hoping Milrow wins the job, and I think he will. I don't think Ty Simpson's quite ready for that. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to have to agree with you there. He's just he's more dynamic, and he opens up the offense. Uh, kind of the same thing that J.J. McCarthy does with Michigan, but... I think Ty Simpson is a lot better than Cade McNamara, but you get what I'm putting down. I'd have to agree with that. Absolutely. Cade McNamara is no, not very good. No. Game manager. A.J. McCarron. And then he's going out to Iowa to manage their games. Good for him. And then we'll go to your Buckeyes. Kyle McCord versus Devin Brown. I know where I'm leaning. I know where you're leaning. I think it's Common Court's job. Basically, no matter what, that's Ryan Day's guy. I believe that's the first true quarterback recruit Ryan Day's brought in himself for the beginning. Uh, no, I think C.J. Stroud was, but this was his second. 
Justin Fields' first year was a well, transfer. Well, Stroud came in the year that they took over. Yes. So he was still being recruited by Urban Meyer previously. Yes, because his first year, I think... I don't know, i have to look that up. But regardless, I, I know Kyle McCord is is Ryan Day's guy. Obviously, Devin Brown is too. Um, I love both of these guys. Same thing with like Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. They're both great players, and it's it'll probably play out the same way for both guys that aren't named starter. They could leave and start somewhere else, but I think this is Kyle McCord's job to lose if it happens. Yeah, at this point, I mean, both are what? Milrow and McCord are juniors, I believe, and then... Simpson and Brown are both sophomores. Right. So I wouldn't expect them to stick around through further junior season as well and sit again. I mean, we, we've seen this happen before with Dwayne and and uh, Joe Burrow. I think it's it's going to be the same thing. It's just even easier with the way NIL and Transfer Portal works now. A guy could transfer and start the same year. Well, kudos to that. But, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's where we're at. Kyle McCord all the way, baby. Future Heisman Trophy winner, huh? I don't know if I'd go that far, but I think he's a possible. decent dark horse with the weapons and wide receivers he has. But you got to think, Dwayne Haskins started one year, and look what he did. Right. Drew, broke how many uh, Drew Brees records that year mm-hmm. in one year. So Set all the Ohio State records. So it's possible. They're Especially when you got Marvin Harrison and Igbuka out there. Yeah, but I... The thing that's going good for McCord or Brown is they both have a lot better wheels than Haskins did. I that's think true. My personal opinion, no offense to Haskins, rest in peace, but his downside and the reason they had to pass the ball so much was because, I mean, we complained about C.J. Stroud last year, but Dwayne Haskins, I mean. Way worse. Way worse, yeah. The, the, the ground game wasn't a threat that year, and I think, my opinion, that's the struggles of that team that year. But regardless. We'll move on to Tennessee. Touched a little bit earlier. Looks like it could be Joe Milton versus Nico Lamaliva. However you say that, I do apologize. But it looks like it's going to be Joe Milton, especially from the coach speak. But personally, I've seen Joe Milton look really fucking good and could be an elite player, and then he just looks like dog shit the next minute. So even if he is the starter... It could go south very quickly with how he plays. And then Nico's right there to jump on in and get his career started if that so does happen. Yeah, I think Nico was the number two QB in his class coming out. Um, he's a monster in my opinion, but I've kind of stuck my stake down. Joe Milton's my guy. He was my dark horse well before the odds went way up, and now he's no longer a dark horse. But <clears throat> this is another one of those. This is a, This is Joe Milton's job to lose if he does lose it. I think Joe Milton, I would have to agree with head coach that Milton is elite and has elite traits. I mean, I can't really speak much higher about Joe Milton. No, can't. Which he does have elite traits, but he also has very low floor low floor traits as well. Yeah, he's high-risk, high-reward type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we'll move out to the West Coast. At UCLA, my favorite quarterback from the freshman class and my QB1, Dante Moore, going up against Kent State transfer College Lee. Collins probably going to open the season as the starter, more than likely. But I don't think it's going to be by a, a wide margin or 
without a shadow of a doubt, I think Dante Moore is going to be on his ass all offseason. And I think he will end the year as the starter. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. The only reason Colin Schley, or however you say his name, I apologize, he, he's got college football experience. He's maybe not necessarily used to Pac-12 speed, but he's played at a higher level than Dante Moore has. So, But I agree with you. I think he's the starter. If they make a bowl game or whatever, he's going to be the starter at the end. It's just a matter of when. Right. Because UCLA hasn't been the best in the most recent years, even under DTR, who was a very good college player. If Shalee struggles, why not turn to your highly talented freshman and see what he can do? Absolutely. And then on to the last quarterback battle going on around the nation, down to Ole Miss. It's unfortunate that it is a battle. Jackson Dart is one of my Debbie darlings that has been for the last year or so. It's a three-way battle between Jackson Dart, transfer from Oklahoma State, Spencer Sanders, and transfer from LSU, Walker Howard, who was, I believe, a five-star recruit, only a sophomore. So for whatever reason, he left LSU just after a year being under Brian Kelly. But it saddens me to say I'm kind of torn on who's going to win this one. I want it to be Jackson Dart. I don't think it's going to be Walker Howard. I don't think his time is right now, just yet. More leaning towards Spencer Sanders. He has the experience. He's not complete dog shit. I think Jackson Dart is the better player. But Spencer Sanders is more disciplined. Takes less risk than Jackson Dart. So hopefully Dart comes out on top, but if Spencer Sanders wins it, I won't be surprised. Yeah, I, um, I hate agreeing with you, but I think for the foreseeable future right now, Spencer Sanders is the way to go. Although between the three, I think Walker Howard is my personal favorite. But Your personal favorite? Why is that? I just think he brings a little bit more to the table than both Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. To me, Spencer Sanders is a... Uh, he has a higher floor than the three of them, but his ceiling isn't as high as the other two. I think Jackson Dart's a good mix between the two. Um, his floor's decently safe, but his ceiling to me isn't as high as Walker Howard. I, He's got a little Spencer Rattler in his game. Yeah. Makes some boneheaded that's, that's the thing. Them guys that are gunslingers and think they can make every throw tend to do stupid shit, but if they can get out a bad decision. Like you say, Spencer Rattler. Uh, to me, Trevor Lawrence was a good example of that too. Um, you know, if they quit making the boneheaded plays, they can elevate their team to a whole new level. That would be nice. We'll see all these battles shake out in the end. Most of them seem to be more clear-cut who's going to win. But like Ole Miss, it's... It's pretty muddled. It's pretty open, yeah. Toss-up as of right now. Clear as mud. That's to say that you don't hear very often. I hear it a lot in my field of work. I'm glad I don't work in the mud. I don't either. But that's all for the practice battles that I could uh, come up with and see that I actually have some Debbie assets involved. But we are going to be opening up a new Debbie League here before too long. Start getting some members in there. 
not going to draft until NFL weekend. Or sorry, NFL draft weekend. So, what, about a month away? A little over a month? Yeah, was it like April 17th or something? Oh, 27th through the 29th, I think. Maybe that's what it is. It's the last... Last week of week, April. Yeah, last weekend. So we'll draft then, but we're going to start trying to find some members, get some payments in, and get that rocking and rolling. So if you're listening and you want a chance to either play with us or play in a Debbie League, it'll be $50, two years up front. Hit us up on Twitter. You can hit me up at gum7285. You can hit up Derek at D underscore K-O-C-H 93. Or the podcast page at gridiron underscore F-S. Let us know that you're interested in the Debbie League. And we can get you in there. Speaking of tweets and tweeter and twatters. Oh, twatters. I saw you tweeted the other day and I figured I would uh, bring it up and ask you. Oh, yeah. Your opinion on Cape Klubnik is slightly starting to change. I know Ever that, so slightly. I know that I texted you about it and asked you, and you already gave me an answer, but I figured why not get a little engagement and put it out there on the on the record. What are you, what are you liking about Cape Klubnik a little bit more now? I was watching a little bit of film this morning on the more so the clips of wide receivers, get a little bit more familiar with their core and like Antonio Williams, Adam Randall, Bo Collins, just to do a, bit, a, little, a little bit more film study of those guys. And of course, Kate Klubnik pops up every now and then. Then I got to watching some of his tape, and I feel like he was pretty bad last year at the time, but I don't think he was as bad as I perceived. And from the camp reports, he seems to be progressing and doing a lot better and has improved. But... It's also pretty easy to do with the receivers he's throwing to. Absolutely. He's throwing to some pretty highly recruited guys. Antonio Williams is the talk of the town right now, but Bo Collins could be the best one there. So, who knows? So I'm we're slightly changing my tune on that he could actually be good. I, I, I'm i agreeing with you mostly because of the fact that the weapons he has. I'm still, not a, I'm still cautiously optimistic when it comes to Cade Klubnick. I don't think he's going to – it's not going to be like Tyler Buchner or Buckner, whatever the hell you say his name for Notre Dame. Um, but Buckner didn't have those weapons. He didn't no. He didn't have the ability to let his wide receivers make plays like Cade Klubnick does. So I, I agree with you. I figured it would be a decent opportunity to put our opinions on, on record. Yeah, I'm just doing some film study, catching up, and just changed my opinion a little bit. Might – move him up in the rankings a little bit more and target him a little bit earlier in Debbie mock drafts. Can we not put those 26 QBs quite as far ahead of him? I wouldn't go that far. Wouldn't go that far. but I wouldn't put him above Dante Moore still. <clears throat> That's where I stand. But we won't drag him through the mud quite as bad as we have been. But if we're talking Malachi, Nico, or Arch? Argument to be made. Argument to be made. I could take him over them. And speaking of Tyler Buchner, just see what he's up to. According to Marcus Freeman, it is going to be a quarterback battle between uh, incoming uh, transfer, Sam Hartman from Wake Forest, who put up ungodly numbers last year, between him and Buchner. So that will be an interesting one to watch. I personally think it's going to be Sam Hartman. I don't think he went to Notre Dame without being promised that job, personally. Right. And 
I feel like I've beaten Buchner to death with a with a stick. So it's it's not really fair. But that team, I mean, they lost their best weapon in Michael Mayer. Well, they've still got Lorenzo Styles. They had Styles, um, Colsey, Deion Colsey, I believe his first name is. They have a Jaden Greyhouse, incoming freshman. So they have some weapons. So Chris Tyree. Right. Um, Audric Estemi, the other big running back. They have another highly recruited running back coming in. They have a highly recruited tight end from last year, Eli Rayola or Rayold, something along those lines. So they don't have nothing, just more so unproven. Right. But I was just curious where Buchner's acts. We haven't really heard anything from him since the Ohio State game. Uh, yeah, I, well, it was Drew Pine's time to shine, baby, so. <coughs> Excuse me, could it stop button quick enough? I think Drew Pine ran away with it a little bit last year, and obviously he's gone now. Um, well, that was the interesting thing, too, if I remember right. Sam Hartman came in, then Drew Pine left. Okay, so it wasn't before Drew Pine left. Unless I'm remembering wrong? Right. I would say that that should have some writing on the wall that if Drew Pine left, he was probably shying away from competition, in my opinion. And like you say, I don't think Sam Hartman goes there without being told behind closed doors, hey, this is your this is your year. This is This is your team. We'd like you to do something that way Marcus Freeman doesn't have a terrible year too. Yeah, if I'm Drew Pine, I just played the way I did all year, even though because of injury, I wouldn't be leaving. Right. Unless somebody's coming in to take your job. Right. So that was it was interesting. So we'll see what happens with that QB battle as well, although Hardman's really a nothing for Debbie and Buchner at this point isn't either, unfortunately. Yeah. Although he's still probably a top-20 quarterback, Debbie-wise, just based on potential. Yeah, that, but that's all it is, is potential. I wouldn't I wouldn't put all those eggs in one basket. But you shouldn't with some of those outside top-10 quarterbacks anyways. No, you really shouldn't. And most people don't do it whatsoever with quarterbacks and Debbie. It's all another strategy there. Yeah, that's a totally different thing we could talk about. Um, I know that... You know, most people, it seems like in the Debbie world, tend to go after the uh, other skill positions earlier because they have a higher hit rate, which I can get down with that. But if I take, say, three quarterbacks in the first five rounds and I hit on one of them, the value of that guy is going to be higher, in my opinion, than any of the other skill positions. Let's see here. What do we got on the slate for next week? Hmm. Supposed to talk about our freshman favorites. Hmm. I think we'll make that also a strategy episode. We can go Mind that. your strategy for drafting a Debbie team and how we go about that and the philosophies we follow and believe in compared to others. So I think we'll save more of that talk for next week's episode. What do you say? I can get down with that. Because yeah, I think we come from a completely different standpoint than most people in Debbie. From what I've seen, yeah, which is wild. To me, I mean, I'd get into it a tiny bit, but your quarterbacks score the most points. Why not lock those guys up? Plus, their shelf life is a hell of a lot longer than any other position. Mm-hmm. To me, and that's just a taste. To me, that that to me makes the most sense. 
when you're playing Superflex, quarterback is king. Especially if you have a shot at nailing one of the elite ones coming in. Especially with the landscape currently. That's a golden lo- golden lottery ticket or what the fuck was it, Willy Wonka? Was it a golden ticket? Golden lottery ticket, yeah. Exactly what those guys are. Well, it's, I mean, for example, you and I did our first C2C league two years ago. I drafted Caleb Williams at 109. What's he worth now? A hell of a lot more than a 109. My point. We'll, we'll get into that next week. A little yeah. bit more strategy as we ramp it up and get back into our Debbie Leagues. But that'll be it for this week's episode. Again, you can find us all on Twitter at Gump7285 at D underscore Cook 93. That is K-O-C-H. And at Gridiron underscore F-S. And whatever platform you're listening to, please leave us a rating and review if you would like. If you leave us a five-star rating with a written review, whatever it is, we'll read it on air. No matter if you roast us, ask, if, ask us a question, we'll read it out loud on air. Yeah, I wouldn't mind getting roasted. <laughs> See ya. See you guys.